When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clap Your Hands Podcast brought to you by Odyssey Sports. Make sure you download that app. Brought to you by Sports Radio 94 WIP and brought to you by the newest head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, a search that was going to take a long time, according to Daryl Morey, actually took a little over a week or two weeks or something like that. Uh, Nick Nurse, new head coach of the Sixers. Uh, Kyle, what's up, man? How you doing? Um, You know, I normally get a little small talk going, but I feel like we should just dive right into this. Uh, What do you think of the hire? Well, so I just want to real quick, you're saying uh, it took quicker than we expected. Keith Pompey was out here saying what took so long. So oh, really? you know, I, don't, well, I don't know. I know, but I feel like two weeks is a very reasonable time frame to True. hire a coach yeah. under, especially with yeah. it being a holiday weekend, you know, totally screwed yeah. up my barbecue and I was gonna and, say, uh, I, uh, family time on Monday. Yeah. yeah, by by Monday I was very much in recovery mode from the uh, the prior few days. So when the news dropped, it was not prime Elliot time for uh, <laughs> for, shooting video, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. I think we said it on the podcast, or I said it on the podcast at different points that I thought of the candidates who were floated out there. I thought he was the best guy for the job. You know, yeah. if we want to get deep into the weeds and say, well, they should have taken a closer look at up-and-coming assistants and sort of those young, hungry guys that I think you mentioned several times on previous episodes. That's a different sort of discussion. But I I think the Sixers saw that they had a need for somebody who comes in with a level of instant credibility, right? Like that was important for Joel Embiid, certainly. You know, James Harden, if he potentially comes back, and that's a subject we're going to dive into at some point in this podcast. And I think... Wanting to make that leap from constant second round out into conference finals, finals, championship winning team, that is going to come most likely from a guy who can come in and just make the subtle tweaks, the adjustments, the tactical shifts that I think Nurse has made in, in big spots in the playoffs. And certainly he showed that he can do it after losing a star too. When Kawhi Leonard left, after their title in 2019, I think most people would say his best year as a coach was 2019-20, having that team win 53 games. I know the mm-hmm. bubble, they lose in the second round, but the bubble wasn't real anyway. Right, so. it didn't happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, look, I think it was a good hire just based on who was out there. And this was a pretty, I would say, abnormally good field of candidates, like guys who had good track records, a lot of 50 plus win seasons and merits of their own to consider. But I think nurse was probably the best guy among that amongst that group. And 
there's some downside to it that I'll, I'll get into at some point during this podcast, but first reaction yeah. is good job by the Sixers. Well, it's funny because my reaction, my first reaction yesterday was kind of the exact opposite. So this did happen Monday. Uh, me and you were out. I was unable, unable to record. So it's been about 24 hours since he was hired, a little under, maybe 22. We're recording this at, at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday. And when I first saw the news, my reaction was, eh. I, I don't love it. Like I, I have said all throughout this whole process, I wanted a new up and coming coach that was going to bring some, you know, renewed kind of sense of excitement, uh, a, a need to prove something. Those are the things I wanted in a head coach. So if had we recorded this yesterday, that probably would have been my opinion on it. But in the 24 hours since they've made the hire, I really, you know, given nurse a chance, I've looked into it a lot more. And I, I really like the hire the more I think of it. If they weren't going to hire an unproven guy, doesn't think that was going to happen. I think this is the best possible candidate they could have hired. I think one thing or a couple of things I really like about him, but one thing we'll kick it off with is if you think about the Sixers over the last few years, I think the the word most people would use to describe them is probably underachieving or disappointing. And we can kick back and forth whether or not that's fair. I actually think they've achieved a lot. But right now, people feel that they have not gotten enough out of the roster that they've had by not getting out of the second round. One thing that I think is absolutely true about Nick Nurse is the majority of the years he was in Toronto, he overachieved. His first year, he wins the title. I know he had Kwai, but it was still an overachievement. Second year, Kwai leaves. He's not supposed to be as good. He gets him all the way up to the two seed. Uh, his fourth year, I think it was, they were supposed to be bad, and he won 13 more games than they were supposed to. And I think what has really turned me on Nick Nurse is, I don't think his Raptor teams were that good. When they played him in the playoffs last year, I said consistently, they have no star player. I don't think Siakam's a legit number one. Fred Van Vliet, I don't think is a legit number one. I think combined, they're a combination of nice role players, but they don't have any great stars. Now Nick Nurse has at least one legit star in Embiid, and we'll see who the second star ends up being, plus Maxi, who, who's on the Ascension. So what I like about the Nurse hire is, if he could overachieve with those players, I think that the the ceiling for this team with Nick Nurse is really high because we can debate if a coach matters or not. But if you don't think a coach matters and it doesn't matter who they hired, but if we're going to acknowledge that it does, this is the best possible candidate they could have gotten in terms of taking a roster that's already really good and saying, how can we get somebody to elevate it? And Nick Nurse has consistently elevated the rosters he's had. So I, I want to get into that idea of the coach mattering. I think you and I have said pretty consistently that the players matters matter for second and third. Like they're the people who drive the team really mm -hmm. day to day. But I will say with the way that the new CBA is structured and, you know, teams are going to have to make hard decisions on, do we want to pay a third guy a bunch of money or are we going to, because it pushes us into this second apron that limits us in terms of roster flexibility and trades and draft picks and so on and so forth. Are we going to just have one star, maybe a second co-star and a bunch of role players when you are getting into that sort of situation? And that's the new calculus moving forward. I would argue coaches are going to matter more than they ever have at yeah. the NBA level, because you can't just like brute force it. Like a great example would be the last team that doc rivers won a championship with in Boston in 2008, you know, did some good things coach-wise, but mostly like they had three basically in their prime Hall of Fame guys yeah. and they were just better than everybody else. And that was kind of, that's why they won. And now I think you're going to need more from your head coach and the teams that are investing a lot of money in 
the assistants that are on their staff. Like at, at some point in the next, you know, month, couple months, whatever it is, we're going to find out, okay, who does Nick Nurse want as his top assistant? Who's going to fill out his bench? And so that becomes, and this is true in a lot of sports in general, the teams that will invest in those guys in the development staff and things like that, that's an edge that you can create. Like I think part of the reason the Eagles have been so good for a long time is they care about all that kind of stuff. They invest the resources in everything that is not just the roster. And so mm-hmm. I think the Sixers by hiring nurse, who I think was the best guy on the market signals that there will be that continued investment in the, the off the court, you know, structural type stuff. And I think that's a really important thing to think about as we try to grapple with what the future of the NBA looks like. Yeah. And, and it's an interesting point. I had thought about the CBA part of it, but I think there's like different kinds of coaches in the NBA. There's the ones that are just actively bad. There's the ones that don't matter. And then there's a few of them that you could argue are, can be competitive advantages. Eric Spolstra is a competitive advantage for the Miami Heat when they go against teams. Greg Popovich used to be, at this point, his roster is so bad, who even knows? But Nick Nurse is more likely, in my opinion, to be a competitive advantage for the Sixers than just to be a regular guy. Doc, for the most part, was a regular guy. Me and you were higher on Doc than most people. There were moments where I do think his accomplishments were a bit undercredited or you know, didn't get enough credit here in Philadelphia. But there were also not many times where we would sit here and go, look at this amazing thing Doc did and how it changed the series. Like There was the timeout against the Nets that we probably over-exaggerated a little bit, but it was a big timeout. And there were little things like that, but it was never – wow, Doc won that series for him. And if you want to look to if coaches matter or not, look at the Celtics switching to the two-big lineup in game six and seven and how that essentially ended the series for the Sixers. So Nick Nurse himself said in a podcast I listened to with uh, J.J. Redick, everyone's favorite uh, analyst, that coaching in X's and O's is about 15% of it. And I agree, but I think now the difference for the Sixers will be when they're going up against a coach, even if just that 15% is, is, is an advantage for them, They probably beat the Hawks. They probably beat the Celtics. Like, that's how close the margin has been for the Sixers. They have not been getting knocked out in four games or five games in these second rounds. They have been this close multiple times, even against Nick Nurse's Raptors, to getting out. And so if Nick Nurse can be 5%, 10% at competitive advantage, it's a massive deal for this team. Even if it's like 2%. Right. I think it's the margins matter. Like, we've so many of these games come down to – last two minutes and uh end of game possessions and after timeout plays and things like that. And look, I think it's funny that you, uh, you watched that podcast with JJ Reddick. I actually spent like an hour of my time last night watching a coach's clinic that he did in Hungary last year, that the whole okay, thing yeah. is on YouTube. It's, it's honestly really interesting seeing them. Now, some of it you can skip through. It's just like kids in this program running through basic, transition stuff whatever but i I think his his overwhelming philosophy is just where can i find the little exploits the little margins that can help Mm -hmm. a team win so one of the examples that he brought up during this clinic was free throw rebounding thing that gets like really glossed over in an nba game but he said in toronto we treat that as we are not going to give up offensive rebounds on free throws and we're going to get more offensive rebounds 
on our own missed free throws than the average team. And part of how they do that is in practices, shoot arounds and things. When guys are getting free throws up, they will actually put people in the lane rebounding and create those situations rather than it's just a guy sitting there taking free throws. And so mm-hmm. little things like that, things like stealing inbounds passes and like all the, those little things we'll see if, if it's the same try hard mentality with a more talented team. Obviously I think when you're coaching a team where it's Siakam and Van Vliet and guys like that leading the team, it's a little easier to get a team like that, maybe to buy into that kind of stuff. And I'm not so sure that Joel Embiid's going to be like, yeah, we're, we're full court pressing and we're doing all this and all that. But I do think that nurses inclination to look for advantages like that, look for ways to create value. I think that's something that I would watch in the first few months of him coaching the team. And I will say for one of the things I learned from listening to his pod with JJ was the guy has not had an easy path to becoming a head coach in the way that he wasn't some hotshot player that immediately got a chance. I mean, he was a player coach in London for a little bit, I think. He coached in the G League. So he might check off that box of of being hungry that I really wanted a new head coach. Um, question I had for you was, and it's both for me and the listeners, I've learned about Nick Nurse in the last 24 hours. I'm not going to pretend like I'm some expert on everything he does. I'm curious for anybody listening, you know, that doesn't really know much about Nick Nurse. How would you describe his coaching style? Is he an offensive guy? Is he a defensive guy? Just, you know, I guess kind of large picture. How would you describe what kind of coach the Sixers are getting maybe schematically? So this is the funny part. He actually came to Toronto as a bit of a, like he's supposed to be an offensive guru in -hmm. many ways. So he came to Houston or I guess Houston's G League team, but but it's it's kind of yeah, immaterial. It's the same thing. Yeah. He came to Houston and Maury and or the other members of the front office came to him when he takes over the G League team there and essentially says, we want to eliminate mid-range shots and get up threes and layups. Mm-hmm. Can you design an offensive system around that? Like, what can you build us? And so Nurse goes to work doing that. And the offense they're running, which is really the offense that the entire league is running now, where it's four out, spread the floor, dribble drive, second side actions, catches the eye of Masai Ujiri, first year in Toronto. He's scouting in the G League, and he hires Nurse to be on Dwayne Casey's staff. So about, I think, three or four years into being in Toronto, he then gets elevated into an offensive coordinator type role. And at the time, if people remember, that's when the Raptors are built around Lowry and DeMar DeRozan primarily. And DeRozan's important to bring up. Rudy Gay as well. Those guys are important to bring up because they're very mid-range heavy guys. Mm -hmm. And so the summer before, I think it was the 2017-2018 season, so a year before Kawhi gets there, they essentially go from by far the most mid-range heavy team in the league to maybe like bottom five, bottom seven, something like that. And their shot distribution changes because starting in the summertime, they actually set up scrimmages and pickup games and their summer league team to say, we're actually going to make shots that are from the dead zone, like the long twos are either worth zero points or negative one if they go oh, in wow. a pickup game. 
And so they tried to rewire these guys' brains. This is all essentially under guidance from Nurse. Like he was tasked wow. with, with doing this. And so then Toronto essentially leaped to top five, top three type offense because they just took better shots. So that was what he came into. And that's who he was when he became the head coach a year later and they win the title and all that. But I think what he's developed since is a, a reputation as maybe more of a defensive guy where he's thinking about what kind of stuff can I throw at teams they just won't be prepared for. Like we've seen it against the Sixers. They would play a full court press, which nobody plays in the NBA. And they just hounded the Sixers 94 feet, totally disrupted their offense for three to four minutes at a time. And then they just go back to, you know, a normal defense. Now that's easier to do when you have Siakam and Kawhi and all these long rangy athletes who can run up and down the floor. I don't know that you'll see that as much for the Sixers. I think one thing to note defensively, even when having Marcus Gasol and Jonas Valanciunas and other like quote unquote traditional bigs, they did not drop their bigs a lot against pick and rolls in Toronto. It was a lot of bringing them to meet the level at the screen or switching or doing things like that. And so I'm interested to see what Nurse kind of does with Joel yeah. Embiid defensively. But so the, the short version of that is he comes from an offensive background, but has developed more of a reputation as a defensive guy. So you could say you kind of get the best of both worlds. But to me, the big question is, I think the reputation he developed on offense was kind of built on, you know, the Raptors were dog shit in terms of the type of shots they took offensively. Mm-hmm. And he's not walking into a team like that where it's like, hey, DeMar DeRozan, just take less long twos. It's not as much of an easy fix there where you can say he walks in and it's like, hey, take more threes and now we're a better offense. Like that's not going to happen. So I am interested to see, is he able to have a similar impact offensively for a team that is already kind of at a high level? It Does he have the nuance to, to draw up different plays and make adjustments and things on the fly? Because honestly, during the Raptors title run, it was a lot of just Kawhi Leonard looking like Michael Jordan. So yeah. that's uh, that's not something you can replicate here. Well, and I think a, a common criticism of Nurse, and we can debate if it's fair or not, has been, well, he only won when he had Kawhi Leonard. But, like, no shit. Like, what head coach has won without a star other than, like, Larry yeah. Brown back with the Pistons, you know? And obviously the Spurs were a boring team, but they had Tim Duncan as one of the top whatever players of all time. So every coach they would have hired will have had a star player. I think the difference is – Nick Nurse had a lot of success in the one year that he had a, a star player. What you said about um, the pickup game and, you know, making the mid-range shots worth either zero or, or minus one or whatever, that is one thing that came up a lot when I both listened to him but also read stuff about him. He does have a reputation for being very innovative and trying new things. And in the interview with J.J. Redick, he talked about how when he came up in the league, whether it was in the G League or whether he coached overseas – he had to do that because the personnel wasn't the best. So he had to come up with schemes to figure out how to make his team better. I do think that is probably one difference between him and Doc Rivers, where Doc throughout his career has pretty consistently had elite players on his roster, whether it was having Tracy McGrady early in his career, whether it was in Boston, obviously with all the talent there, he goes to LA, he has elite players. He's with the Sixers. He has at least one elite player in James Harden for stretches What was elite. So That is definitely a difference where I think Doc, his strength was kind of player management and like 
how he uh, connected with the stars. I don't think either of us would ever describe Doc as especially especially innovative in things he did in making adjustments, any of those things. I think Nurse specifically addresses that. When Daryl Morey talked at his end-of-year press conference, he said, you know, the things we're looking for at head coach are kind of similar to what we got in Doc. And, of course, he's just going to say that because it's at the press conference. But I think that you could tell the reason they got rid of Doc and the reason – that Nick Nurse is here is not because of how Doc got along with James Harden or Embiid or, or the culture or anything like that. They got rid of Doc and they brought in Nick Nurse because they felt they were losing on the margins, to your point, about the 5%, the, the scheme. And I think what really comes across about Nick Nurse that has me excited about it more initially is it does seem like this guy is viewed as super innovative. And now how will that uh, apply to the Sixers? It was interesting. He said in this interview was a year ago, that you see more and more teams taking mid-range shots instead of three-pointers. And Joel took a ton of mid-range shots last year. James took more mid-range shots. So I agree with you that their offense is not broken like the Raptors was, but it is kind of funny that he's now coming to a team where their two best players are probably at their best at the mid-range at this point, I would say. Yeah, well, and I think he, like any good coach, and he said this out loud before, he understands there's a difference between, you know, if guys are good enough at that shot to make it at a high clip, you let them take it, right? Like, right. like Joel, the, yeah. The whole right. It's like Kawhi was in that zone where you let him take a ton of mid-range shots because he's an elite mid-range player. Dirk Nowitzki was that kind of guy. Kobe Bryant was that kind of guy. Like there are just players that are good enough from that area to justify it. Really, who that message is for is the rest of the team. It's for the the DeAnthony Meltons of the world, the, the other guys to say, we don't want you taking step in twos, either get to the rim and take a shot at the rim or mm -hmm. recycle the possession or whatever you have to do. Um, you brought up Maury's name. I, I want to say this and I don't want it to come off the wrong way as if like Doc and Daryl had a bad relationship. I do think that they were a pretty effective partnership when you consider that Doc was hired before Daryl. But this is now a situation where the coach is the GM's guy, right? I and agree, yeah. When you come in at the ground floor with the GM, your hiring essentially is predicated on you have the meeting with Daryl Morey if you're Nick Nurse, and the two of you have a shared vision. It's not like the situation the Sixers had where the Sixers went and got Doc Rivers, then Morey becomes available, then they hire him, and it's just sort of this push-pull the entire time they're there, like how much influence can Daryl have on Doc and vice versa? And sometimes it's unclear. It's not a criticism of either guy, but it's just that's how it works when you hire out of order. And now because Nick Nurse comes in, he obviously has the familiarity with Maury. I think he's somebody who is receptive to, hey, here's what the numbers say. What yep. can you do based on what the numbers say? And Again, I don't want it to get twisted. Like, I think Doc is receptive to that stuff. And I do think that he changed things based on, but I just think that Nick Nurse is more receptive and that he's more willing to say, all right, he has a sit down meeting with Maury. And Maury says, you know, we're seeing XYZ, like these shots are bad value. This player with this lineup is not working. I think Nurse is probably more receptive to that type of feedback and implementing that into 
a game plan or a rotation than maybe somebody like Rivers is. Well, and I'm happy you brought that up because I think it's a great point. And like these, that's some of the reason why I wasn't going to be thrilled about a retread head coach. Cause I think when Doc came here, he had his way of doing things. He had been successful. Now that doesn't mean him and Maury could never agree on anything to your point. But when you have somebody that's done something a similar way for 15 years or whatever, it's just hard naturally to get them to do something, something else. I think Nurse probably, and look, he worked for Houston's organization, so he has history with Moore already. Nurse, to me, seems more in line with what, how Daryl wants to run a team than probably how Doc did. Now, there could be negatives to that. You don't want everything swimming in exactly the same direction. You want yes. some give or pu- you know, give a push and pull or whatever. But yes, I, I think that is definitely one positive of this. Now, we've talked about him a few times, but I think it's time to completely dive into how this impacts Joel. There was a report from Keith Pompey uh, that the two met during the process and that it went well. Shocker. He wouldn't be the coach if, if, if it didn't. But what do you think this means for, for Joel? Because when I hear you talk about Nick Nurse and the full court pressing and, you know, the the really kind of active, you know, not just kind of standing around like centers, uh, like, like a center does. What do you think this means for Joel? Let's – First go on the court, but then off the court. Like, how do you think Joel gets impacted by the Nick Nurse hire? So I'm, it's the most interesting question to me is, does Nick Nurse make Joel play faster? Yes. Or does Nick Nurse's style essentially get deferred because Joel Embiid wants to play a certain way? Because I think if you go back and listen to, what nurse says about how he wants to play offense. It's a lot of you attack an advantage quickly. If you don't have one, you swing the ball, you rotate and you move. And it's all about creating space for drives and resetting and stretching a defense as much as possible. He doesn't necessarily want someone who's going to sit there and survey and dribble the air out of the ball or, isolate on the block for 10 seconds before making a decision. It's a lot of catch, look at the rim and either go shoot or pass and keep it moving. And and that's sort of the philosophy of nurse. And I would say that's the philosophy of a lot of coaches, but I think nurse is a lot more, you know, animated about it. He's been a lot more public about it. And so that's not Joel. Like Joel has never been that guy. It's he catches the ball this season was catching the ball at the nail faces the basket and he sees, okay, here's what I have in front of me. What should I do from here? And sometimes that's four jab steps and and eating into the clock. Sometimes that's, you know, I'm going to start backing a guy down. I'm going to invite the double. And so there's going to have to be some kind of middle ground there, right? Like I do think that Joel would benefit from simply playing faster a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And, And that's an adjustment that I think he's going to have to make. The defensive side of the ball is just as interesting. Like, I think you could argue maybe Joel needs to drop some weight just from like a have carrying the weight type yeah. thing where he's going to have to come up higher more and he's not operating in the post as much now anyway. And so maybe you get a little bit leaner so that you have more ground you can cover on defense without it totally crushing your joints and, and running back and forth and yeah. doing all that. The thing that's hard is that Nurse has not had a true big man in a while to build a defense around. So our 
our most recent memories of Toronto are, you know, it's like a ton of six, eight guys that they just collapse on the paint and then close out on shooters and they protect the rim first and foremost. Well, now you have Joel to protect the rim. So you don't need to worry so much about, Hey, I'm sending Siakam and Ananobi and all these guys to, to pinch in middle of the floor. But we just haven't seen it since Marcus Ole left Toronto, what he wants to do with maybe more of a traditional drop type big. So I think that's, it's, it's an open question at this point, right? Like we're not going to know until we see them take the floor. Like I'm sure nurse has some ideas for what he wants to do with Joel, but his, his publicly stated and the things you see on, on tape philosophy kind of clashes with Joel a little bit, but I think it right. clashes in a way that can help him, that can move him forward as a player. Well, that's what I think is going to be interesting about it too, because, and I'll use my experience covering Eagles head coaches uh, for this point, but when Chip Kelly came in, Chip Kelly was like, I'm going to run my system no matter what. And Sam Bradford was doing RPOs and it made no sense. And it was good for about 15 games. And then obviously he flamed out. Nick Sirianni came in and he completely built an offense around Jalen Hurts. And for as good as Jalen is and the hard work he does, I think Nick and the coaching staff deserves a lot of credit of adjusting their offense to him. And so to your point, what Nick Nurse has done, based off your description, does not fit Joel. Joel does not make super quick decisions. Joel is not an athletic 6'8 wingman, right? But so, so on one hand, I think Nick should come in and he has to adjust because that's what I've seen good head coaches do. And that is what good head coaches do. On the flip side, though, I think this team is in need of somebody just to do something different. I don't I don't think coming in and having Joel do similar things. Now, he's of course, he's going to do some similar things. But I think having somebody come in and saying to Joel, nah, you got to change this. Like, you've been great. You're the MVP. And we're going to do a lot of the things you like. But I'm going to put my foot down here. And I'm just not going to build this completely around you. These are some things that you need to get better at. And maybe they'll spend part of the regular season. And it could be ugly at points. But doing that, forcing Joel to make quicker decisions, maybe pushing back on Joel a little bit. And an interesting thing that that uh, has come out since, you know, Nick Nurse's name was attached to, to this is when Nick Nurse wrote his book after the, the Raptors series, there's a section in there where he's talking about Joel and he writes very nice things about how talented he is and all that. But he also says Joel is somebody that you can get out of the game, that if you get Joel to struggle early, he do he doesn't really recover from that. On one hand. I think that's good that Nick Nurse recognizes that and that he can help him. On the other hand, I combine how Nick Nurse normally coaches with how he seems to think of Joel in a certain light. And I do wonder if this is, if it's going to definitely work. I think it will because they're both smart and they both want to make it work. But I think you're right that there is a little bit of, is, is this the right mesh for, for each other? Well, and so let's take that from a, a whole roster perspective too, along with Joel. I think one of the big cons or at least like downside risks with nurse is the same reason that some people are excited. I think he's a, an honest, like no bullshit type of guy. And he'll say at a press conference, like I cited multiple examples in a story I wrote for this morning that there are times where he's just like, yeah, that guy's not playing well enough. So he's not in the rotation or, this guy, if he's not playing better defense, doesn't fit what we're doing and is going to play less. And he's willing to do that. Now, the other part of it, which this is something I would argue he needs to work on, because I think it's fine to be honest and call guys out in public. 
there were guys in Toronto who essentially said he didn't say that to me prior to saying it in the media. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get yourself into trouble. That's something that Doc was very good at. Like nothing that we were told at a press conference, at least that I'm aware of, was like a a mystery. Like, oh my God, he just dropped this in public and had never said this to Ben or Joel or James or whoever it is. It's very, there was very clear messaging behind the scenes and he was willing from time to time to share that. Now Nurse might just, he might just say at a press conference, yeah, this guy hasn't been good enough. And that might be the first that guy's hearing it in, you know, a month or so. And so those clear lines of communication need to be improved upon. And the thing I would worry about is that because Joel is, as we know, and I, as I love as a person covering the team, it's very honest at the podium and he will say what he feels at any given time. And if things don't go well, like what you're saying nurse says about him as a player, but we've also said this about him emotionally and as a leader and all that, he is has some front runner energy and is kind of a, when things are going well, things are great with him. When things are going poorly, he is not exactly like the rah, rah, keep everybody together guy. You combine that with Nick Nurse being willing to say some things in public, there's a, a chance that if it goes poorly, it goes very poorly. Yes. And so that's that's the risk I think they're taking. I think it's a risk worth taking. Like it's better than hiring, you know, Mike Budenholzer, who every time he gets to the playoffs has no answers for anything. Mm-hmm. But it is a, a different sort of problem that I don't think they've had over the last couple of coaches that Joel's had. Uh- Tell me if this is crazy or not. I was thinking about this while you were making that point, that if this doesn't work, if if Joel and Nick Nurse clash and Nick Nurse is saying Joel's not giving great effort or, or something like that, or, or Joel doesn't love the offense, are we sure that Joel still has top pecking order over Nick Nurse? That if if this doesn't work, oh, this, yeah. you think so? Yeah, okay. yeah like, I don't, don't think, think they're at a point where being... they're, if this doesn't work out, maybe they're secretly like, you know what? Maybe it's time to move on from Joel. No, I mean, right now, no. Now, let's say we get two years, three years down the line and Joel's vomiting all over himself in another big game that they right. really need him for or whatever. Like, then that becomes a different conversation. But I still think Joel is the most important person in the organization. Now, Nurse is a a very important partner for him, a collaborator with him, and it's a giant part of his job to get through to Joel, to maximize Joel and to make sure there's an ecosystem around him that not only gets the best out of their best player, but everybody else around him. So it that's, you can't have a more important relationship than the head coach of the team and the star player on your team like that. Everything else essentially flows out of that. Yeah. And I'll be, I'll be really interested to see how their relationship works because they seem to have, a lot of similarities in the way that I think they're both extremely basketball smart. I think they're both extremely motivated. They're, they're, they're self-motivated, but they do seem to have some clashing aspects. And I, I think Joel has always had a head coach. Brett Brown, like had Joel's back to the death, right? Uh, Doc Rivers was very good at not criticizing Joel publicly. He didn't criticize anyone publicly. Joel and him had a good relationship. I do think, I hope this guy pu- pushes Joel a little bit, just in the way that, you know what, Joel, I know you're the franchise. I know you're, but 
I'm here now and this is how we do things and you have to get better at it. And they have a little bit of that history with the whole back and forth over the free throws and the fouls thing, which I don't think means anything in terms of them not getting along. But I think it is a little hint into into just how their personalities, you know, I think Nick's willing to push Joel a little bit and we'll see how how Joel takes that. The other big part of Nick's job is going to be potentially James Harden. Uh, There was some reporting that. You know, while Nick was very excited about this job because of Joel, it seemed like the reporting was, yeah, he's going to try to get James back. But part of him taking this job is not because of James Harden. Um, Curious what you think. I think on one hand, the hiring of Nick Nurse is a win now move. You don't hire him if you think you're going to have a pause year or whatever you would call it. So I think this is an indication which fans should be happy about is that the Sixers are all in trying to win next year. But what do you think this means for James Harden? I don't think James Harden is much of a Nick Nurse type of player, if I'm being honest. Like, so when we're talking about the the pace and how how he likes to play on offense, I think he's willing to make exceptions. Certainly, like uh, Kawhi Leonard is the guy who won him a title, and Kawhi is very much a survey the floor, back a guy down, take a long time in the shot clock. Like he's willing to to deal with stuff like that. But the difference between Kawhi and Joel versus James Harden is that both of those guys can be high-level defensive players. They're guys that on the other side of the floor can help Nurse build the spine that he wants to build for a team. And Nick Nurse's defensive system that he used in Toronto, which was changed over the you know five years or so he was there because of the different personnel, but it puts a lot of responsibility on the guards and the wings to essentially fly around the floor constantly. Like it's a mm-hmm. lot of shrink and collapse and protect the paint along with the big man and then get back out to the perimeter and, and try to get a hand in a guy's face. And as both of us know, James Harden, not exactly a willing defender <laughs> most of the time, especially Poor in the regular season. You know, I think he was better than I expected in the playoffs, but that's certainly not his MO. And, you know, whatever struggles Toronto had on offense over the last couple of seasons, I do think they still pretty consistently got effort and buy-in from all these guys on defense. And look, I, I think you could look at Tyrese Maxey and say, not an ideal Nick Nurse player in the sense that he's just not a good defensive player. But I at least think you see that's a guy who wants to play defense. He's somebody mm-hmm. who competes who's growing in stature there. I think he had a pretty good defensive run in the playoffs, despite being outgunned by, you know, bigger, more athletic players. That's somebody I think Nick Nurse will look at and say, yeah, I can work with that guy. I don't know that either Harden or Nurse look at each other and are like, yeah, this is a thing that really makes sense. And I think if you listen to the reporting on this from people like Woj and you say, oh, he's saying that, there was a meeting with Joel and the, the vision is being sold around. This is Joel's team and all that. That seems to run counter to what James allegedly wants, right? Where he wants more offensive freedom. He does kind of want to have the lay the, to rule the roost, so to speak, to be yeah. old James Harden in a way and have things cat- maybe not catered to him is the wrong word, but wants to have more responsibility and more say and how things are run. And I, I have not gotten the indication that that's who Nurse is going to be as a coach. So 
I would say, if anything, I'd be less bullish or I'd be bearish, I guess, if we're using stock market terms <laughs> on uh, on Harden returning to the Sixers at this point. But that also is dependent on, you know, what are the offers elsewhere? What if if he's going to Houston? Is somebody else willing to join him there? Is Houston able to facilitate that? If not, is he willing to go to like Charlotte for the money he wants? Right. I don't think so. So maybe even though it's an imperfect marriage, Harden looks at it and says, I still have a good chance to compete. I respect what Nick Nurse does. And Nurse has certainly made it hard for Harden as a player with the defenses that he's thrown at him. So, you know, maybe he looks at it that way and says, this is a guy who I respect. And if I can build a relationship with him, end of the day, I I can get along with this guy. So Nick Nurse did say also in the JJ Redick pod, unprompted that James Harden is one of the toughest players to game plan for in the league. So I do think he has a lot of respect for James Harden's game. My concern would be, we agree that there's probably going to be a little bit of a pushing of Joel in both schematically, but also maybe what's asked of him physically weight, that type of thing. There could potentially be that with, uh, with Nick and Joel. And I think Joel is receptive to that from my limited experience being around him. You obviously know him well. It seems like you believe he is always receptive to improving his game and making changes. He is in a different part of his career. My concern was if my concern would be if James came back, is he going to be okay with being pushed and being asked to change when really last year, while he did adjust his game, the whole point of those articles at the end of the season where he talked about all the sacrifices he's making was essentially like, Hey, I'm doing something I don't want to do because it's working for yeah. the team. And now if you're going to bring in somebody in Nick nurse who doc is fired because things are going to change. If they thought everything could run the same, they would have just brought doc back. So there are going to be changes in terms of how Joel is used, but also in what's asked of players and, and those type of things. I have been very, very pro bring James back. I think it'd be very hard to replace him. And I probably still fall into that camp. The hiring of Nick nurse and the more I learn about him has me wondering if maybe they are better off ter- trying to turn James into a trade exception or trying to do something where they can maybe get a guard that is not James, like in just his effort, his defense, his physical build, just how much he moves on offense. I just, it doesn't seem like it's a match. And Nick Nurse is here, is here already. So while I like James and I think he's still a very good player, I am, I'll be honest, a little more hesitant to bring him back now that they've hired Nick Nurse. Yeah. Um, we'll see. End of the day, like I couldn't tell there's been all the Houston rumors for so long and yeah it's easy to just say like that's where he's heading but I think there's this doesn't rule out Harden coming back I'll put it that way I think Nurse and Maury and Joel certainly are all people who want to put the best team on the floor that they can and the position they're in that's going to involve next season having James Harden on the roster it's really just about is this a fit for James? Does he see between the dollars they're going to give him, the years they're going to give him, his freedom within the offense, all that, whatever it ends up being? I, I, we'll see. I, I'm not going to write off or I'm not going to draw any conclusions just yet. I'll put it yeah. that way. So before we wrap this up, other players on the roster. You talked a little bit about Maxi. Uh, Maxi's certainly not a huge wingspan, you know, perimeter guy from a defensive perspective, really on offense either. But outside of Joel and Harden, guys that are going to be back next year, we would assume. I guess Melton could be a trade chip potentially, but Melton's probably going to be back. 
Toby at this point is still on the roster. Uh, Paul Reed, like those kind of guys. How do you think Nurse impacts other pieces on the roster? So I think the good thing, and we talked about the synergy earlier, the good thing about hiring Nurse is that I think the type of players he tends to covet fit in the type of players that Daryl tends to covet. Yeah. Like the DeAnthony Meltons, the PJ Tuckers, the even like a Daniel House Jr., just long athletic guys who can also shoot, who can take you off the dribble a little bit. Well, not Tucker, obviously. <laughs> if he's dribbling, you have a big problem. But yes. the Meltons of the world, I think, are sort of the vision of at least the secondary players that Nurse wants to have, right? Guy who can hit a catch and shoot three, who will also, you know, rotate, get to his spots when somebody else is dribble driving. Somebody will attack a closeout, reset the offense, make some connective passes. Like I, I think, and it's going to be an important year for Melton regardless because he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. So big, uh, big proving year for him, whether he's going to stay in Philadelphia or potentially get, try to get a big payday elsewhere. So Melton's the first guy that comes to my mind. That, and look, especially if Harden walks, that's a giant opportunity for Melton to step in and you're going to get more responsibility. You'll start mm -hmm. more games. I think somebody, if Jalen McDaniel stays in free agency, I think that's somebody maybe Nick Nurse will lean on more. Maybe he gets some spot starts here and there, just play these goofy, ultra-long athletic lineups. It's basically maxi and a bunch of wings on the floor. I think that's something that's kind of intriguing to think about. So, I mean, most of the guys they're going to have on the roster seem to fit his idea of, we're going to run, we're going to defend hard, we're going to shrink the paint, we're going to protect the rim, do all that. A lot of these guys that are already there are set up to succeed. It's really a question of how much do the stars adjust? And certainly I think Maxi fits into his vision on offense pretty well, where it's a lot of get to the next action. And Tyrese, as we've seen all throughout his career so far, you get in the ball on the second side after the ball has rotated a little bit, he's going by somebody and getting to the rim easily. Yeah. And so I think he's somebody that's going to continue to thrive under nurse on offense. And, you know, we'll see if he can pull something more out of them on defense. If you just say to him, look, I'm going to challenge you. I need you to be more of a pick up a guy full court, or you're going to take on a tougher assignment, whatever it is. I think Tyrese will rise to that occasion. He's, wired that way in terms of his personality and i think that's a guy that I keep a very close eye on uh this year and moving forward obviously and and one of the more exciting parts in my opinion when new head coach is hired is then figuring out which of he of his own guys is he going to bring in obviously the coaching staff but fred van vliet is potentially a free agent guys he's coached in toronto trade pieces maybe guys he has a connection with from his time in houston from a while ago so I do think in an offseason where there could be a lot of turnover with this roster, James Harden, who knows what happens with him, Tobias Harris, big expiring contract. We will get into it on, on, on a future pod on guys that they could target and guys that they could go after. So unfortunately, we have to wrap this up. Um, but it sounds like we both like to hire, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to talk about this more, talk about different guys they could get into. So any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I, uh, I suspect we'll probably meet Nick Nurse in Philadelphia yes. sometime later this week. So uh, I would imagine we'll probably have a podcast after that, maybe yeah. like a reaction to his uh, assessment of the team. 
And I know you have an incredibly boring NBA Finals to look forward to, so so you can have that to uh to to, to have the your ratings, time. Elliot. Will nobody yes. will nobody think of the, the ratings. ratings? The ratings are people; they're not just obscure numbers. So we will we'll definitely talk about this on another one. But uh, all right, thank you everybody for listening. Um, excited to have a new coach to talk about. It'll be good. We'll get into that in future pods. As I said at the beginning, make sure you download that Odyssey app. You get all the episodes first. Hit that auto download button. Leave those five star reviews. Uh, makes my day, and I know it makes Kyle happy as well. So thank you everybody for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. Talk to you guys soon.